Welcome back. Listen, we've been following uh, unfolding events in Ukraine over the past 90 minutes. Much has changed. Uh, Vladimir Putin, the president of Russia, declaring a, quote, uh, strategic military operation into the country to demilitarize Ukraine, of course, a sovereign nation of more than 40 million people. Uh, there's been then reports of explosions in different cities, major cities, including the capital, Kiev, uh, gunfire in and around the airport, according to reports, uh, as well as in Kharkiv, which is the second largest city in the country, and then other strategic areas, including Odessa and a very important port town called Mariupol which is actually right on what had been the front lines of where Russian-backed rebels had been stationed or at least had been uh, occupying territory for the past eight years. We have some footage, some sound at least from an ABC report uh, from Ukraine to share with you now. I just wanted to play for you some of what they're hearing in Ukraine now uh, a few hours before the sun comes up. The sounds of war in Ukraine, sounds we all hoped we would never hear, obviously, although Vladimir Putin had been very overt in some senses about his intentions. Uh, these are sounds I think many of us hoped or at least you know, expected or hoped never to hear uh, emitting from Ukraine tonight. A little earlier this evening, there was a gathering in front of Vancouver City Hall, as well as others across the country, Ukrainian, Ukrainian Canadians, uh, of which there are 1.4 million uh, in this country of Ukrainian descent, uh, coming out to show their support for Ukraine. Uh, here's what some of them had to say this evening. This is nothing new to Ukrainians. They've been living under threat for eight years. Ukrainians will resist. They never want to be occupied by Russia. Nobody wants to live in the Soviet Union anymore. The Soviet Union completely violates all human rights. It's a dictatorship and Ukrainians are free people. It's a peaceful nation and we want peace by all means. But we also do not want our land to be occupied. If other countries think that this will be the end to the whole war, it will not because President Putin has imperial ambitions and he's shown it to the whole world. People should take it seriously because he's not going to stop at that. All right. Um that's one of the pro one of the demonstrators uh, in front of Vancouver City Hall tonight uh, discussing uh, Ukrainian Canadians' view of what's happening in their homeland tonight. Joining me with more on that is Ihor Mikulchishin. He's the CEO and Executive Director of the Ukrainian Canadian Congress. Thank you so much for being here tonight. This must be, uh, I don't know how else to describe it, but as a horrific night uh, for, for the diaspora here. Yes, uh, th thanks for the opportunity to speak to you. We're just watching the war starting to unfold. Uh, bombs are falling all across uh, all across Ukraine and the capital city, and uh, Putin has declared war on a free, independent European country. You know, in many ways, it feels like we've been waiting, watching this happen in slow motion for weeks on end. Have we? Did we do enough to try and, uh, and avert this? I mean, obviously not. But what what could have been done to try to pre prevent Vladimir Putin from from taking this action tonight? Yeah, it it, it has definitely, as you've seen, been escalating by you know the past number of months, the past number of weeks, the past number of days. Uh, our community has been calling on the Canadian government to stand strong with Ukraine, which they, they have been. We actually just had a meeting with the Prime Minister and, and mem members of the Cabinet tonight with our national board. Uh, we've called on defensive weapons to be sent, which have been sent, but obviously Canada needs to do much, much more. Uh, Ukrainians need to be able to defend themselves. Literally, right now, uh, that uh, Canadian lethal aid is going to be uh, critical to saving lives, saving Ukrainian lives. Um, Obviously, the sanctions uh, that have been talked about uh, internationally uh, coordinated yesterday, but this this is clearly 
a massive invasion that needs to be uh, dealt with in the most severe uh, economic punishment uh, available, unplug Russia from the international financial system and and strongly sanction Putin, his cronies, all the leadership uh, that surrounds him that's, that's supporting this terrible, I think we're going to be seeing war crimes happening in the next uh, couple of hours. Tell me about that meeting and without going, I suppose you can't go into too much detail, but what, what sort of, you know, what kind of information were, were, were the PM and the cabinet looking for and, and what did you tell them about what's unfolding there? What did you feel like they needed to know tonight? Yeah, no, it was, a, I mean, it was a meeting with our board. We have a, we have a statement out. Uh, it was a, you know, we had Minister Freeland, Minister Rui, Minister Sade, Minister Annan, Minister Boissonneau, Minister Fraser. We talked about uh, all the scenarios. Uh, we talked about the scenarios that we're seeing now of, of a full-scale invasion. And actually, we ended the meeting early uh, as people started turning on their televisions and seeing Putin give another crazy speech where he decided he's, you know, he's calling it a whatever military operation slash full-scale invasion of his neighboring country. So uh, it's a very open dialogue with the government of Canada. They, they, are, they, they stand with Ukraine. They hear us. Uh, and I think it's going to be very difficult days ahead in terms of uh, the, the humanitarian crisis that's about to ensue, because there are 40 million Ukrainians, as you said, in a, in a small, uh, compact country, which is the biggest you know, in Europe. And uh, there's no way that this level of violence uh, will not be taking thousands of lives. I was going to say, when you look at the, you know, for those of us, for those of you who have relatives and friends and people in Ukraine tonight, um, you know, I, 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 was, I was speaking yesterday with uh, with the former ambassador to Ukraine, Roman Waschuk, and he was talking about how for a long time it, in Ukraine, at least there was sort of this idea that this isn't going to happen. This is not going to happen. Putin wouldn't be this, he wouldn't be this reckless. And yet tonight, I think we're watching it. We don't know exactly what's unfolded, but I think we're watching something like it happen. I just wonder for all those out there who have uh, family and friends there tonight, <laughs> just just the, the the absolute roller coaster emotions people must be going through. Absolutely. I mean, we 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 want everybody to be safe. Uh, in major cities, hopefully, people have been able to get to bomb shelters. Uh, you know, and secure locations before uh, before their buildings are hit. We don't. We literally don't know what the scale of this is going to be. I think it's going to be from from everything I've heard in the last uh, half hour on, on briefings internationally. It sounds like a full on uh, assault. You know, rockets, tanks are moving. Amphibious invasion of of coastal areas. I I, I would not be surprised if uh, Putin has unleashed all of the military forces. I think he had around two hundred thousand. Surrounding Ukraine, and and uh, this this seems to be uh, a full on uh, war that he's starting, and um, you know, uh, God help uh, our our European neighbors in Ukraine, uh, and and everyone who uh, is, I think of the soldiers, I think of the the young men and women who have been veterans already, and who are going to be called up into service, and it's just an unimaginable. Well, it is imaginable. I want to say unimaginable. It is an imaginable scenario, which we have all just watched unfold in front of us. I'm speaking with Ihor Mikulchishin, the CEO and Executive <laughs> Director of the Ukrainian Canadian Congress. Tonight, we're discussing the events that have unfolded in Ukraine over the past 90 or 100 minutes or so since Vladimir Putin announced, uh, officially announced what is a de facto invasion of the country. Uh, we've seen explosions or heard reports of explosions in, in various locations, including uh, the capital, Kiev, uh, Kharkiv, the second largest city, as well as strategic areas such as Odessa, Mariupol, and other areas tonight. Um Knowing Ukraine the way you do, Ihor, what, what's going what's going on here as far as, as you can tell in terms of what, what is Vladimir Putin aiming to do 
tonight, as far as you can tell, to, to your country or to the country? Uh, I, I think it's a, it's a mass invasion, uh, a full-scale invasion of terror. <laughs> um, he, he gave a, uh, I didn't see his speech, but I, uh, he gave a, a speech where he called on the Ukrainian armed forces to surrender. He used all sorts of words about he was occupying, he was denazifying, whatever. I mean, this is a man who, who has uh, a hate on for uh, Ukraine and its people. And I, I fear for my friends and family, uh, I fear for anybody who the Russians will identify as a Ukrainian patriot, which for them, you know, they will say this is a whatever, you know, uh, you know, a, a person to be killed or imprisoned or or whatever they're going to do, uh, and and um, any anybody who thought that his you know kind of you know bad faith diplomacy and kind of ongoing negotiation was going to lead anywhere, I think like this 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 shakes all of us to the core in the sense of uh, this is brutal violence. This is brutal violence in, in, a, in a Western European country. And I think uh, as, as Canadians, as members of NATO, uh, this is going to be a shock and, and change, change our world. Yeah, it certainly feels like Canadians are about to go to bed and wake up in a different world. It certainly feels like Ukrainians and the rest of Europe are waking up today on Thursday in a very different Europe uh, than before. Ihor Mikulchishin, uh, rather, if you could just hang on for a little bit, we're going to take a quick break. Sure. I'll come back with a few more questions for you. Uh, just quickly, before we go to break, a statement from the Prime Minister tonight. Canada condemns in the strongest possible terms Russia's egregious attack on Ukraine. These unprovoked actions are a clear further violation of Ukraine's sovereignty and territorial integrity. They are also in violation of Russia's obligations under international law and the Charter of the United Nations. Canada calls on Russia to immediately cease all hostile and provocative actions against Ukraine and will withdraw all military and proxy forces from the country. Ukraine's sovereignty and territorial integrity must be respected and the Ukrainian people must be free to determine their own future. Finally, Russia's actions will be met with severe consequences. Tomorrow morning, I will be meeting with G7 partners and we will continue working closely and quickly with NATO and our allies to collectively respond to these records and dangerous acts, including by imposing significant sanctions in addition to those already announced. We'll be right back after this. I'm back with Ihor Mikulchishin, the CEO and Executive Director of the Ukrainian-Canadian Congress. Tonight we're talking about events that have unfolded in Ukraine over the past few hours um, since Vladimir Putin essentially announced an invasion of the country. There's been reports of explosions in different parts of the country, including in the capital, Kiev, as well as in the second largest city, Kharkiv, uh, and other strategic areas such as Odessa uh, on the Black Sea, as well as Mariupol, another strategically important city uh, that the Ukrainian government had been, uh, been controlling at least since 2014 uh, when the original uh, conflict began, at least the original invasion of Ukraine began. Um, Ihor, we, we, Vladimir Zelensky has been the president of Ukraine, has spoken tonight very briefly. I was just reading this. Um, he's saying that he's spoken to Joe Biden. They are preparing international support and he's telling Ukrainians to stay home. The army is doing its work. Stay calm. Um, is there faith in, in Ukraine's ability to respond uh, with the backing of, of allies uh, to this to this invasion? Well, uh, I mean, Ukrainians will fight. Ukrainians will resist. Uh, they have nowhere else to go. They are they are um, they are uh, the targets of this of this violence. And um, I think you know, as you've seen in the past number of weeks, it's been up to uh, Ukrainian allies in the West, uh, uh, including Canada, to send uh, lethal defensive weapons to help them defend themselves. That's been our our main message: is to help Ukraine's uh, people and army defend themselves. 
Um, I, I, we don't know at this point, you know, where the where the missiles are falling, where the rockets are falling. Um, and, uh, you know, Ukraine's army is very well trained, uh, thanks to Canada. Canada is one of the one of the main, you know, through Operation Unifier, one of the main trainers of uh, the Ukrainian armed forces uh, and uh, better equipped. Uh, but certainly we should understand the, the formidable uh, size and, and uh, shape that uh, the Russian army has. I mean, it's a nuclear power, and um, it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be very difficult to to overcome that kind of wave of massive uh, of massive uh, Russian invasion. But I, I I have faith that I mean I've met uh, so many Ukrainian soldiers here in Canada who've come to learn about our rehabilitation services, about PTSD, about uh, you know sort of starting their post-military lives i have faith that uh, the armed forces and, and the veterans will join them and that they will they will give putin a run for his money for sure i mean I, i'm sitting here trying to process all this by you know you know the way it is now with social media flying in front of you with all kinds of different reports some of them conflicting uh, it's did you ever imagine that this day w- would come hmm. uh yes <laughs> unfortunately yeah. Uh, I, 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 I mean, I'm not, I'm not being flippant about it, but this is, this is, uh, this is the latest version of a long thread of Ukrainian history, and also, you know, the the reality of what we've been uh, as the Ukrainian community uh, hearing from Putin for the last number of years. I mean, since 2014, he's fueled the war. Uh, he continues to, uh, he continued to fuel this war, uh, and and. Uh, uh, it shouldn't surprise, uh, you know, seasoned observers uh, are not are not being surprised by this. I think, you know, the rest of the world may have been caught off guard because we believe we're, you know, we, we grow up in a world where we believe that diplomacy matters, that diplomacy works, and you can always come to a diplomatic solution and, and negotiations and, you know, and more meetings will help. Uh, but in this case, it's, it's not, uh, it's not effective because you're not, you're not talking to somebody who wants to negotiate. He wants he wants Ukraine, uh, literally, physically, economically, politically, and he has just proven he's willing to do anything. He doesn't care about his international reputation or what we think of him in the West. And uh, there, he, there he goes. Yeah, I mean, because one thing I remember being there a lot in 2014 was that there was sort of this idea, there was so much upheaval going on with the departure of Yanukovych, with the arrival of Petro Poroshenko, the elections, Maidan, uh, the protests. I mean, there was a lot going on in Ukraine, and it feels like mm-hmm. it has stabilized a lot in the last eight years, that this is not the Ukraine of 2014 that Vladimir Putin has decided to pick a fight with. No, uh, I mean it's a it's a it's a vibrant democracy. There's change. There's regular free elections. There's there's changes of government. Um, I mean, in 2014, just to remind your listeners, uh, I mean the the Ukrainian people rose up in a revolution of dignity and human rights, and and uh, you know after after extremely violent crackdown by police, uh, you know the the president of Ukraine then Yanukovych fled to Russia. He's been sitting in Russia for eight years and uh, took took these police forces with him, uh, and never to stand justice. And and Ukraine has moved on, and it is a you know a, a large, vibrant European democracy. Certainly not a perfect one, but I think that's the reason this is happening. That Putin sees that vibrant Ukrainian democracy on his doorstep as a threat to his cronyism to his authoritarianism uh, to the kind of police state that he's been running in Russia where political opponents are killed, poisoned, uh, or jailed. And, uh, you know, right on his doorstep is a vibrant 
you know, democracy that, you know, while imperfect is, is growing and prospering. I mean, that's always been one of the things we've thought about. Uh, the, the, the last thing is certainly with the, with the ouster of Yanukovych, who was a Russian-facing, or at least a Russian-sympathizing uh, leader. The, the one thing that Vladimir Putin does not want is a vibrant, strong, democratic Ukraine on his doorstep. Uh, and I think what we're seeing tonight is his abilities, is his attempt to try to make sure that never happens. One of the things that, that's been interesting, though, is, again, has been the idea of propping up the Ukrainian economy has become a big deal, because he will try to, one imagines, try to collapse as much as he can, as quickly as he can. And I, I, I absolutely, and he succeeded the last number of weeks. I mean, he, without even invading previously, he had already caused uh, major airlines to pull out of Ukraine, the currency to fall, um, you know, all the embassies had moved out. So he was already exerting the pressure and punishing Ukrainians without even without even uh, having invaded. And this, this is a whole other thing. And I, I think it's important also to realize that he isn't necessarily going to stop with Ukraine. I mean, this is, Ukraine is the most immediate target, but he has these kind of imperialistic feelings about, uh, you know, the Baltic states, uh, Central and Eastern Europe, and, and Eurasia. And, uh, you know, frankly, Canada is a neighbor of, of Russia's in our northern uh, hemisphere. And we need, to, we need to be very cognizant that this is not some kind of faraway problem in a faraway land this is this impacts our security here as canadians and and as as a global uh community you know that, that fought these world wars to protect uh the you know human rights and borders and dignity this is all being literally rolled over with a russian tank i don't want to ask you to speak on behalf of all ukrainian canadians but on behalf of all ukrainian canadians what would like what would you like everyone else to know tonight Ooh. Well, I, I think I've heard from all of them on my phone in the last uh, hour or two. I mean, I think um, it's going to be it's going to be a very difficult night. It's going to be a very difficult day. It may be very. It will probably be very difficult weeks. Um, we, you know, we keep the faith. We know that the Ukrainian nation has uh, lasted for a thousand or more years, despite all of the attempts to crush it. Uh, we know that our culture and our faith and our language uh, will survive whatever number of rockets Putin uh, decides to, to send into Ukrainian cities. And uh, our role here as a community is to, to support uh, you know, our, our friends, our relatives, our, and the strangers in Ukraine who will need our help. Uh, we have a humanitarian appeal uh, there are many international humanitarian appeals. That is the most important thing we can focus on, as our community has, you know, after World War II and other times. We need to. Uh, we're all going to need to be asked to do more than we've ever done, and to support uh, to support people who are really in need. Ihor Mikolchishin, CEO and Executive Director of Ukrainian Canadian Congress. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us tonight. I really appreciate it. Uh, our thoughts with you and the entire community this evening. Uh, stay strong. Thank you very much.